the Holy Spirit and you. A powerful teaching today that will touch your life. I pray the Lord will use this to establish you and bless you and use you in a wonderful way in the coming days. Wonderful Lord Jesus, we come and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Bless your people, Lord, today, this wonderful day with your word. Establish them, strengthen them, use them. And blessed Holy Spirit, be our teacher today. Guide us for Jesus' sake, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And thank you for being with me today and joining me, you sweet people of God. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak, the Lord said unto you, they are spirit, they are life. So when the Holy Spirit begins his work in your life, in my life, he begins with quickening us. It's called regeneration, giving us life. Because before we were saved, our spirit man was dead. And our spirit man had to be quickened before the new birth experience. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, you know, a lot of sweet people may not even know that, that before the new birth ever took place in your life and my life, the Holy Spirit had to quicken our spirit man. So it says in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 3, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. So number one, our spirit man had to become alive before the Word could come and give us birth. And so the second thing is the new birth. And the new birth is again the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. John 3 and verse 5 says this to us. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then in 1 Peter, make sure you write all those beautiful scriptures down. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. The word of God says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now I'm giving you step by step the work of the Holy Spirit in you. So first, he regenerates. He gives us life. Secondly, he brings his word into our hearts, and then we are born again. For it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Holy Spirit quickens us, then we can receive the word to be born again. Number three, the Bible says in Romans chapter eight and verse 16, how he gives you an eyewitness that we are saved. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So now we are seeing the beginning of what happened when you and I were saved. What happens when anyone is saved? First, we are quickened. Number two, we are reborn by the word of God. We are born again by the word of God. A lot of people don't know the difference, but there is a difference because you cannot be born again till your spirit man has been quickened to be born again. And that happens with the word of God. When the word comes into our hearts. And now the Bible says he also gives us witness in Romans 8.16 that we are children of the Lord. But watch also Galatians 4. Beautiful portion here in Galatians 4. In Galatians 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Isn't that beautiful? Now we are secure in our position in God's family. He gives us the assurance of salvation. Not only does he give us the witness we belong to the Lord, now we have the assurance, God is my heavenly Father. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit, and this is just the beginning, just the beginning of what he began in your life and my life. Think about what I'm giving you. It's so precious that now you and I can cry, Abba Father, we are accepted in the family. How beautiful. And I love Romans 8.15. Oh, there's so much in the Bible about the Holy Spirit and his work in our life. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's so blessed, so precious. And today, I want to remind you again of the important place the Holy Spirit has in our, in our walk, in our faith, so we can recognize Him. He is God Almighty. He is not the unknown God. He is the known God. We know Him. Jesus said, for you know Him. He dwells with you. He shall be in you, the blessed Holy Spirit, God Almighty, who is with us in our hearts, continually walking with us, comforting us, guiding us, teaching us, strengthening us, making Jesus more real to us than even our own life. And this blessed Holy Spirit is the one who gave us that assurance we belong to to the Lord, our Heavenly Father. But now it says something else in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to write all those beautiful scriptures down. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? Now it is he who indwells us. So he cannot dwell in an unregenerated spirit or heart. He dwells within us now because he is the one who regenerates us. And now we are 
born again. And now he gives us witness that we are born again. And now he gives us the assurance we belong to the Lord. And now he's able to indwell us physically in our body. Our bodies become the temple, the temple. Isn't that precious? Of the Holy Spirit. I think this is one of the most amazing scriptures in the whole Bible. That your body, my body, is his home, is his temple. Blessed Jesus, I thank you for this. To you be all the praise, all the glory. What other people can say that? What other religions can say that? That God dwells in them, in them. They're all looking for God somewhere. But we, he's in us. He's not away from us. He's in our hearts. That is something we should never forget that every other religion is looking for God somewhere. Not you, not I. He's in us. Our physical bodies are His temple. And to Him be all the praise. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And because He's in us, now He's able to do what Romans 8, 13 says. Read with me here. This is so beautiful. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you, or if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. The next thing now that happens here is he begins to put to death the deeds of the flesh. That's only possible when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's only possible when the Holy Spirit is within us. You know, how can... God Almighty put the flesh and the deeds of the flesh to death if he's not in us. Think about it. If some God is away from us, he's not working in us, is he then? But for God to work in us and to transform us into his glorious image, he has to be in us. That's the difference with Christianity. It's not a religion. It's a life. It's a relationship. It's a walk with God, He in us, Emmanuel, God with us. His name, Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Isn't that a glorious thought to just, just to meditate on that one alone? That God is in you, and because He's in you, now it's easy to mortify the flesh. All we have to do is allow Him, cooperate with Him, yield to the Holy Spirit, don't resist Him. Let him do his work, because he's long-suffering. So we should not grieve him, or reject him, or reject his work. We simply allow him. We say, blessed Holy Spirit, you have the liberty to change me. I want you to change me. Even now, just lift your hands and say, blessed Holy Spirit, change me. Bring my body under subjection. Mortify the deeds of my body, Lord, that I might become more and more like you. Wonderful Holy Spirit, I give you the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm sensing his wonderful presence talking to you. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And think about this. Other religions cannot sense the presence of the Lord. He's a distant God. 
with you and me, we know his presence daily, his love daily, his assurance daily, his guidance daily, his will for our lives daily. Why? He lives in us. He's not a distant God. He's within us. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. That's why I'm calling this teaching the Holy Spirit and you to remind you he's there. And since he is there, all things are possible. You will conquer your troubles. You will never be defeated. The devil cannot win in your life. The world cannot win. You always win. Because the winner is in you. The victorious one is in you. The spirit of the Lord Jesus is in you. He who conquered death and the grave is in you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, wonderful Lord. In 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So it's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us who sets us apart unto God for his service, for his glory. He's the one who sanctifies. And you see, everything I just gave you is in perfect order. Perfect order. We, we go from one to the next. And what's after sanctification? Transformation. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that he'll transform us into the image of Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you for all this. Blessed be your holy name, wonderful Lord. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He transforms us into the image of Jesus. That's all the work of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this on our, on our own. I think the greatest sin against the Holy Spirit is to ignore Him. Is to ignore Him. Like He, like he you know, does, does not exist. Yes, blasphemy is the greatest sin, of course. Of course. But think about that one too. Ignoring Him isn't also a sin. Of course it's a sin. We have to yield, to surrender, to say, Lord, I give you my life daily, daily. Use me, Lord, daily. Daily. Hallelujah. Now, he needs our cooperation. He needs us to yield to him. Otherwise, he cannot transform us. That's why it says in Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, it, it, it means our yielding, our surrender is necessary. And when we do that, now we can see something else happen. In Romans chapter 8, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Isn't that amazing? He actually guides us. He leads us. So the Lord has not made 
our way difficult. <clears throat> no, no. The pathway that the Lord has laid before us is not dark. It's not murky. It's well lit. It's straight. So why? Because we have a lamp. It's called the Bible. And we have to use it. So he guides us. He leads us with his lamp, with his word. The way is not dark. The path is not dark. It's lit up with God's blessed word. But we have to use it, of course. Now, let's look at uh, Jeremiah 10 for a moment. So many precious, you know, scriptures that we have in God's blessed word. And verse 23 of Jeremiah 10, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We can't, we can't find our own way. We cannot. We need him always, always, always. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because it's not in us to find our own way. He's the one who guides us. We cannot guide ourselves. In Psalm 119, verse 33 through 35, it says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Yea, I shall observe it with, with my whole heart. Make me to go. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. For therein do I delight. Well, how does God guide us? I just give it to you, the Holy Spirit. Because David says, I can't find my way. Lord, give me understanding. And then I'll keep your law. Then I'll, I'll observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go. Make me to go in your path. The path of your commandments. Because therein I delight, but... I need you, Lord. I need your guidance, you to guide and lead me. And the Bible tells us something wonderful about the Holy Spirit too. And this is all his work in your life and my life. He is our teacher. Hallelujah. Nehemiah 9 and verse 20. It says, Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, givest them water for their thirst. So he's our teacher, continually teaching us through his word how to follow the Lord, how to live the Christian life, how to submit to the Lord. John 14, 26 is another beautiful portion that I love so much. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said to you. You know, I sometimes think about how the apostles could remember what the Lord said to them. The New Testament was written years later after the Lord had ascended to heaven, and yet they remembered every word. Think about that. Every word, everything he did, everything he said. How? Because he said that the Holy, the Holy Spirit will bring things, to everything to your remembrance. Hallelujah. With, without him, we are lost. 
So to have a triumphant Christian life, it's mandatory that we, we depend on the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of God's Word to us because without His guidance, instructions, and supervision, we will fail. And one more thing I want to share with you today, and we're going to continue tomorrow on this beautiful teaching, the Holy Spirit and you, Romans 8, 26. And we know that scripture so beautifully, but I want to talk about that too. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So he is our intercessor. The scripture reveals that you and I have a severe infirmity. It's our inability to pray. We cannot pray right. Uh, we're prone to pray contrary to God's will. It's not in us to pray right. We're always praying differently and contrary to what God wants in, in our life. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have difficulty in being honest before the Lord. Uh, we, we easily condemn ourselves in prayer. Uh, we condemn ourselves before we even utter, you know, utter a word in prayer. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit to pray for us and through us with groanings that cannot be uttered because we cannot pray. And so I pray the Lord will enable you to surrender to Him. So I want to pray for you right now, but the Lord will do that in your life. And then we're going to continue. So much more I want to share with you. Lord, I pray that you will enable everyone to surrender to you. Oh, blessed Holy Spirit, be our guide. Be our teacher. Be our strength and comforter. Thank you, Lord, for being here for us. Thank you, Lord, for living within us. Transform us, blessed Holy Spirit, into the image of Jesus day by day. Purify and cleanse us. Sanctify and use us for Jesus' sake. Thank you for making Jesus so real, so real in our lives. Blessed is your name forever. Thank you, wonderful Jesus, for giving us the Holy Spirit. Where would we be without you, Lord, in our life? To you be all the praise. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Make sure you share this teaching with your friends. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit today more than ever in the dangers out there. How we need Him to be our guide and our strength and our comfort. Well, anyways, thank you for being with me. And it's time now to give to the Lord's work. Yes, I want you to sow your seed today again in the work of the Lord so God can bless you so God can honor you and use you. And you can sow your seed today in faith, in high expectation that God will bless you, will 
give you the harvest abundantly. Bless you. There will be no lack in your future, no lack in your life. And as we sow seed, we are telling the Lord, I trust you, Lord, with my finance. I trust you with my financial future. I trust you with my children's financial future. So, Lord, bless them as they sow. Come on, let's believe God. Bless them, Lord, as they sow seed today. You said you will increase that seed. You'll multiply that seed. And the harvest will come. Lord, I pray with everyone today that has a need financially. Lift that burden off their shoulders. Give them that faith to believe for miracles in your, in your holy name for their own life and finance. Their family's future in Jesus' name. Lord, bless them. Bless them. You said, fear not, I'm with you. Thank you, Lord and prosper them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, go ahead and sow your seed today for the work of the Lord. You can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benane.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. And as my partner, I want to invite you to come and be with us December 3rd in Dallas, Texas for the celebration. It'll be 48 years in ministry this year, and I'm... 2070, so the ministry is celebrating the event, and I'm so glad they're doing it. God bless them for that. But I want you there. I really want you as my partner to attend. And yes, it'll be a beautiful night of music and fellowship and a wonderful dinner there at the Ritz-Carlton, Dallas, Texas. So for information, go to our website and be a part of this beautiful night, December 3rd this year. Much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow and share this teaching with your friends and your loved ones. Bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.